Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Chris Pomerleau. Thanks for being on the show, Chris. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, honored to have you on the show. And A little about Chris. He's an attorney, a mediator, a real estate investor who also played both college football and arena football and served in the United States Army. Thank you for your service, Chris. We're Thanks, grateful sir. for that. I appreciate uh, he's it. passionate about helping others and investing in multifamily real estate throughout the Midwest. He has over $25 million in assets under management and 420 apartment units within a three-hour radius of Omaha. So, Chris, thank you again for your time. Get us started. Tell us a little more about you know who you are, and and we're going to dive into your superpower. Well, awesome. Uh, thanks, thanks for having me, Whitney. I appreciate it. Um, yeah, born and raised in Omaha, Nebraska, and um, had a chance to, to play some college sports and serve in the military shortly thereafter. Uh, did the law school thing, and, and I really enjoy being an attorney, but it's also pretty dang passionate about having an opportunity to, to do the real estate investing. So uh, that's something we've been doing here for the last seven years, and uh, it's been working out well for us. So, you know, getting into... Uh Getting into real estate while working full time, I can imagine you know, and being an attorney as well. I imagine your schedule's pretty full, right? <laughs> it is. Uh, it I, is. I, I'm not sure how big your family is or anything like that, but uh, but let's dive into that a little bit. You know how you made yeah. that happen and getting into this into the real estate business. Yeah, yeah. I have beautiful wife, Shivani. Uh, we have a 18 month old, and uh, we have one on the way. One's due in about a month. Congratulations! So, wow. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. So hands are full for sure. But, uh, you know, if, if, if you want to be successful in anything, you just got to kind of make time, whether it's on the drive, you know, on the way into work, listen to podcasts like yours or listen to Audible, you know, taking time over lunch to, to research things that you can. Uh, if you want to get things done, you, you got to kind of find a good balance. And it's tough sometimes, but it's certainly rewarding. And if you're passionate about it, you can certainly make it work. Hmm. You know, you, you talk about finding a good balance. Can you give me an example or maybe a way that you found that balance? I, I mean, I've almost seen anybody that's an entrepreneur has had to deal with this, you know, but it's yeah. difficult. Right. I mean, especially when you're getting started and even more so if you have a full time job as well yeah. and little ones and, you know, all these things that are on your plate. But can maybe give me an example or, or, any, or how you've done that. Yeah. I mean, being an attorney, it's, it's certainly quite the work schedule, but I, I think it's about priorities. Right. So, you know, one of the things that I've really been able to kind of take advantage of is, is waking up early. Certainly sleep's important, uh, but if you can wake up early and set a good foundation for the day, kind of get some things out of the way, whether it's uh, some positive thought or whether it's writing down the goals or even had a chance to research different real estate opportunities. I think that if you can wake up early before most people are up, it's a good way to start the day. And it certainly helps you uh, build more time into your schedule. And that's that has been extremely important for me and why we've been so successful. Couldn't agree more. It was a big change in my life when I like said, okay, I'm getting up you know, at a certain time and had a plan, but I'd love to hear more about yeah. maybe your morning routine or, your, you know, how that's structured. Yeah, for sure. You know, I wake up each day at uh, 4.44. Uh, it's kind of a unique time, but there are a lot of people that are waking up at five o'clock. So you I'm just want to be up before them. Right? I'm up before them getting stuff done, <laughs> you know, and that's something I've said every day. And so it's important not only to do that on the weekdays and maybe try to do that on the weekends too. And sometimes it doesn't work, but 
uh, you can certainly make it work if you want to. And what I usually try to do is get up, get moving around a little bit. I have a rebounder, a little trampoline. So I kind of get the blood flowing a little bit. I'm certainly not doing backflips or anything in the basement, but just to, you know, bounce up and down, get the blood flowing. You know, I'll, I'll try to do about uh, 10 minutes of some type of random education. It doesn't have to be real estate. I, I, I subscribe to something called Blinkist, which is an app that kind of summarizes different books. And you can actually listen to it if you don't want to read it. But either way, it's a synopsis of different books. And I always try to concentrate on the nonfiction stuff. Do you like so that? Do you like Blinklist? I, I do. I do. I think I like the audio, uh, the audio option. I mean, a lot of people can read very quickly. You'd think as an attorney, I'm just speed reader king, but... I prefer to listen to it, especially if I can be on the trampoline or kind of moving around, maybe stretching or uh, I don't necessarily take, you know, time out of silence to meditate, but I will kind of move around and stretch and kind of listen to something while I'm kind of getting going for the day. Caffeine's obviously a part of that as well. I always have a cup of joe in the morning. Yeah, so I, I just use that time to kind of concentrate on myself and then I kind of make a list of what I want to do that day, kind of what went right the day before. And then kind of what went wrong or what's on my to-do list. I guess I wouldn't necessarily concentrate on being wrong, but just something I perhaps didn't accomplish or something I learned. That's a better way to say it. A lot of times I'll, I'll write down something that I learned from the day before, try to set goals for that day and maybe get a short workout in. And, you know, by then it's six o'clock, 6.15 and a lot of the, my peers aren't even up yet. And I've accomplished a lot. And that's kind of the way I've helped balance uh, with everything going on in my, in my life. Uh, that's awesome. I, I I love that, and and I do I, I do want to ask though, like the four forty four, like is there yeah. a significance to that to that time? Well, you know, I actually got that idea from my coach uh, Trevor McGregor. That's what time he wakes up, and I like that idea, right? A lot of people are saying they want to wake up at five, they want to wake up at five, and four forty four is a round, nice round number and something to think about. And I like that thought of that's great that you guys are up at five, but I've been pounding out the day for sixteen minutes already, so I'm already kind of ahead of the. <laughs> And, you know, you get a schedule, get in a habit, setting those positive habits. There's nothing negative that's come from this. It's just helped me really propel each day. And it's a great way to start the day. So I'm just stuck with it. Yeah, no, I, I love that. And Trevor, I can't speak highly enough of, he's been a guest on the show as well. Right. And as, as a listener, if you haven't heard of Trevor, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that show. You're going to learn a lot from that. And just a, an amazing coach that's become very well known and helped lots of people. So anyway, look Trevor up and uh, thanks for mentioning him, Chris. So, you know, what about organizing, though, all this stuff you have to do, though, maybe throughout your day? I mean, you're an attorney, but you're also, I mean, making it happen over here in real estate. I mean, 420 units don't just, you know, come up out of nowhere for most people. You know, there's some work that went into that. How did you structure that as far as all this work you're having to do as an attorney, you know, and family? And then also, uh, you know, you're making it happen over here in the real estate business. I mean, people speak about leverage a lot, but it's paramount if you want to be successful. And it's not just in the real estate world either. I mean, even in my own law practice, I'm leveraging the time of my paralegal. She's great at what she does and she really helps me out. If I try to do absolutely everything, whether it's answering the front door and doing some of the paralegal work and then turning around going to court, I wouldn't be able to do as much. And the same can be said for anything you want to accomplish, especially in real estate. And so with that said, I try to surround myself with as many positive people as I can. I've leveraged connections through different agents in different cities. They've gotten me deals. They've connected me to different private money. They've connected me to off-market deals for sure. I try to run in circles of people who are like-minded. And I've really seen that the leverage aspect is extremely important because if you try to learn absolutely everything yourself, and then you try to drive down the property and swing the hammer yourself, 
and then you try to meet all the bankers yourself, and then you try to do all the learning yourself. There's only so much time in the day, and as we've been talking about, I mean, you can wake up at 444 all you want to. If you're trying to do everything yourself, there's only so much time in the day. Right. I'd certainly say leverage has been the most important thing for me. And mostly team members, or are there other things that you can think of that maybe you leverage on your team that has helped you to be ultra successful as far as, you know, finding more hours in the day than what most people have? My business partner, Colin Schwartz, actually, uh, I know you had him on your show recently. We've kind of got a good thing going where there are certain things that I, you know, I'm in front of a computer all day. So if I'm not in court, I'm obviously in front of a computer. So I'm able to take care of a lot of those things, whether it's uh, dissecting things through the internet or signing documents or drafting documents. I'm able to do a lot of that stuff. Uh, Colin runs a meetup. And so he makes a lot of connections through the meetup. He manages a lot of our properties. And I use a lot of other managers in town here as well. But, you know, making sure that you don't try to do everything self is, is really, really important. So I think as a team member, leveraging that's really important. You know, agents can be great. Brokers. I've used, within the last year alone, I've, I've used at least five that I can think of. And I'm sure that's relatively common. But if you just try to stick with one broker, he himself only has access in so much time in the day. And so oftentimes, I just go with the agent that brings me the deal, getting a coach, leveraging their knowledge, trying to follow what other investors have already done. I belong to a couple of private masterminds, if you will, Facebook groups. You can bounce questions off of them and you can try to learn everything yourself in the next 20 years or surround yourself with people who've already done these things and get it all done. I mean, those 420 units are in the last two years. Uh, so nice. there's no way that I could do that without being surrounded by people who sometimes are smarter than me in certain areas and they're really helping move that along. So everybody that listens to the show knows that I'm strongly opinionated about you need a coach. <laughs> you know, like everybody needs a coach. But I want to ask you anyway, why get a coach? What's that going to do for you? Uh, I think having a coach, uh, like I said, not only are you leveraging their, their expertise and, and different outlooks on life and how to succeed, but the accountability is huge. I mean, if you have someone to answer to, that's the reason that these workout classes are so successful. I mean, it's so much harder to work out all by yourself. If you're surrounded by 20 like-minded individuals who are keeping you motivated, well, that's the same thing with the coach. And let's say I have a deal where the funding isn't quite working out, or I'm trying to make a property work out. I can try to learn that myself through Google or listening to a million podcasts, or I can reach out to some of my private groups or a coach and get an idea of how they've handled it. Hey guys, here's what I'm looking at. What would you guys do? We all learn together. I mean, there, there's so much opportunity honing in on a coach to keep you successful and keep you motivated and keep you accountable. I will have a coach in different parts of my life for the rest of my life. And I think it's the smartest thing that not only real estate investor, but business investor and just somebody who's trying to succeed in personal growth. I for think sure. it's the best idea. What's a couple of tips you would have in finding that right coach? I get that question. I mean, I've already had the question on one call today. I mean, numerous times a week, people ask, well, how, you know, there's so many different coaches and they cost a lot. I mean, they're, they're very expensive. I think that it's well worth it, but you got to do some due diligence, right? How did you select your coach? Well, I mean, you know, Trevor McGregor's not hard to select. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, I think he comes referred by many. But right. for those that maybe aren't ready to step up to that level, or for those who have heard of many other coaches that are available, I think you got to get an idea of kind of what the background is they're coming from, what they want to specialize in. You know, if it's a coach you're looking for in real estate, try to listen to their podcast a little bit. If there's a Facebook group there, see who's actually utilized them as a coach. Try to talk to them offline, see their pros and cons, listen to their feedback. 
I think that the coach is extremely important. Uh, mm-hmm. The coach you select is very important, but I can tell you there's more than just one coach and it's not just the coach that matters. If you feel good about the coach, a very large part of it, and it's even more important than the coach, is the individual. If you're willing to commit, if you're willing to pay that money and sit down and do what you're told, the opportunities are endless. And I think that that's often overlooked. Where do I find the best coach possible? There are many coaches that could be successful for you, but you're going to have to make that work as well. And I think some people don't want to, you know, they might have trouble coming to an understanding on that. Yeah, no, I think that's great advice. There's there's lots of coaches. All of them aren't operating at the same level. However, many of them could take you to another level in your business. Right, right. I mean, and if you want to give them a call, all these, the majority of coaches that I'm aware of, they'll give you an introductory call. They'll go through what their kind of their plans are right. and, and what they're here for. And some of them are here for your better uh, foundational purpose, you know, getting you better on personal growth. Some of them will help you with wholesaling and flipping and syndication. I mean, just make sure you're talking to the right people, make sure you have the right fit and just jump head first right in, get motivated and get going. How have you stayed motivated through this process of, you know, the working full-time, full schedule and, and, you know, also, I mean, 420 units in the last couple of years. I mean, that's congratulations to that. But how do you stay motivated to make that happen? I mean, I'm truly passionate about it and that certainly helps. If there's downtime, I'm looking at real estate investing. It's something I really want to learn about. So being passionate about it's helpful. I think financially being uh, is a good motivation as well to see these uh, opportunities and these investments come to fruition and continue to get better. That's obviously motivating. That time in the morning to sit down and make those goals and actually to see them come true, to write down what I've learned and then to, I guess, reap the benefits of, of, of what we're seeing financially, what's, what's out there for us. That's extremely motivating. And, you know, the more traction you get, the more more of it becomes, you know, now I'm talking to, to Whitney Sewell on a, on a really popular, awesome podcast. And this is motivating right now. It's like, I want to wake up already tomorrow at 3.33 and get going because uh, this kind of stuff just keeps the ball rolling. So what's your buying criteria now when you're looking for new uh, multifamily? You know, I hate to overuse the term value add because obviously that's what everyone's looking for, right? Uh, and we're starting to get into some much longer term holds. We're looking at some Freddie loans that are interest only for 10 years. Wow. You know, that's 65% loan to value. That's stuff we haven't gotten into, but we're starting to because there's my approach now is actually contingent upon our investors. If we have someone who's bringing in 1031 money, they may not be trying to get that back in the next two to four years on a refinance. So whether that's a joint venture or there's actually ways I've met with attorneys, even though I'm an attorney, I'm not an attorney in the SEC guy area. So I've met with attorneys that are helping the 1031s get into syndications. So I, I would say that the, the biggest growth I've had in the last couple of months is going from strictly a value add to how can I help the investors, right? Because there are many that just want cash flow right away. There are many that understand the, the positive two to five years from now, getting that refinance back and having infinite returns. And there are some people just looking to park their money and they're okay with holding it someplace as long as there's a good return for a long time. I, I know that answer is kind of all over the board, but I guess it really is important to satisfy your investors because if you can make it work for everybody, then everyone succeeds in the end. Hmm. So, you know, Chris, what's been the hardest part though about the, the, the real estate business or syndication business for you? You know, whether I'm leveraging other people's time or not, it's, it's a learning curve. I feel that I was able to get through law school and grad school and do all this stuff and I'm able to learn, but the syndication process is not just something you just jump into and do tomorrow. There's a lot of regulations, right? There's a lot of ways to underwrite properties. So I'd say the, the hardest thing for me has been the transition from partnering with your uncle's brother on a, on a duplex to bringing in 15 investors 
and having to go through those SEC regulations and everybody assigned PPMs and doing that process, it's been a learning curve. I wouldn't say it's hard, but it certainly is much more steep than buying a duplex down the street. So I'd, mm-hmm. I'd say just getting comfortable with the syndication process. Any, anything that was key in helping you get comfortable or get to that point? Yeah, I'd say the attorney that I hired. I mean, if you don't mind, okay. I'd, if I name drop, I mean. Yeah, I don't mind. Uh, Kim Taylor is her name. Um, yes. You've heard of Kim. She's, she's great. She is extremely smart. And I heard her speak two years in a row, actually, at the Wilbur Profits Con that I've gone to. She's fantastic. She has a way of feeding you very mundane and boring SEC stuff in a manner that actually helps you understand it. Because it's not only important for me to understand it, but I now have to tell my investors uh, right. and help them understand it. That's a prime example of leverage like we were talking about. Sure, I'm an attorney. If I try to jump into the SEC guidelines on syndication and actually make sure it was taken care of all myself, it, that's not going to happen. So using Kim has been phenomenal. She's a genius. And uh, I, I, mean, I know I'm in good hands. So that's why that transition, although difficult, was much easier than it could have been. Yeah, I've heard nothing but great things about Kim, just so the listeners know. Uh, and she's also been a guest. Um, oh, but, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'd love great. for uh, listeners to look her up on the show as well. And, and uh, is it uh, syndication attorneys? Yes. Is it so yeah, syndicationattorneys.com, I think is her her uh, website. So check her out for sure. Um but then uh you know how uh, how do you how do you prepare for this potential downturn that everyone's talking about? You need to be comfortable with the type of funding you're getting from the bank. There's certainly a risk. Now, I think that there's a number of criteria that goes into this. I think investing in the Midwest uh, has helped me feel a little more comfortable. I can tell you in the where I invest in Omaha during the last uh, downturn which was pretty hefty on a lot of people. Uh, we kind of went sideways. It wasn't necessarily a big scare. It could have been a, it could have been a terrible thing for a lot of house flippers, but for people who are just collecting rents and doing this long-term investment type approach with the multifamily, it wasn't that bad. Just be prepared to sit there for a while. So if our plan going in is to reposition the property and somehow refinance it in two to four years or even sell it in three or four years, the safety net would be that we have some type of financing locked in on a fixed rate or something for seven or 10 years so that we actually feel comfortable in the case something were to happen. And I think that having that in the back, obviously it being non-recourse is huge, but having that funding fixed for a long time makes me feel a lot more comfortable. I still have great feelings about all of our investments, but knowing that that's fixed for a long time makes me feel pretty comfortable. Nice. So, you know, Chris, what's a way that in your syndication business that you've improved your business that we can apply to ours? I think one of the biggest thing I've learned is to never judge a book by its cover. I understand that's extremely overused, but what I mean by that is there is so much money out there just because they don't walk in in a three-piece suit and they've been four different professionals in their life and you know they're a, a multimillionaire, doesn't mean that they don't have money or that their family doesn't have money or that they, they're looking for someone to help, right? I mean, whether it's diversifying, like they have a decent amount and maybe they have it in precious metals and they have some over here in the market, it's becoming very known that multifamily investing, especially after the lax tax code change, it's an unbelievable opportunity for people. And so there's a lot of interest out there and they could be salt of the earth. They just sold a farm maybe, and you just don't know where they're from. Now, obviously, on a personal level, you should be kind to everybody, and you should never judge a book, but I'm saying on a professional level, just be aware that people are out there. You're here to help them. They're here to help you. I'm not hiding the ball there. We're all succeeding on this, but listen to people. Listen to what they're asking for. Listen to what they want, and you'd be surprised how much you might have in connection and how much you can help each other. So what's a way that you stand out with investors, you know, that they want to come back to the next deal? 
I think our track record, uh, I mean, look, nobody's perfect. We haven't had any situations as of yet. I'm, I know it will happen where we've been extremely disappointed. We've had certainly learning curves, but I, I think that our ability to have the end in mind, thus far, we're not really into the really quick flips, right? Although we've made some really surprisingly good money on selling apartments when we didn't even have the plan to just because of the market and our ability to reposition them. I think that the fact that we've been able to refinance our investors' money back to them, all of their initial capital, so that they continue to own a cash-producing asset indefinitely when they didn't put any money in, has really excited a lot of people. And I think that you know my partner and I and the team who surround ourselves, we're pretty down to earth about that too. I mean, we we understand the long-term plan a lot of this, and a lot of syndicators are successful, right? They, they, they're hey, give us your money, we'll give you back a great return in three years four years. And that's a great way to handle things. Our approach so far has been helping people build long-term wealth. And I think that's why they keep coming back. How are you finding investors right now? You know, I just try to market myself and, and meet as many people as possible, whether it's meetups, whether it's going to these national conventions, if you will, talking to different property managers, uh, talking to different agents in different cities. Uh, you know, if I hear someone on a podcast that sounds interesting to me, I'll do everything I can to reach out to them, introduce myself, get to know their market, see who they know, how we can help each other. Don't be afraid to throw yourself out there. And I think that's really helped us. This goes back to just networking and trying to touch as many people as possible. Just try to get out there and meet as many people as possible because there's always a way to fit in and there's always a way to help each other. And it's, it's just been extremely successful for us. What, what's been the number one thing that's contributed to your success? I think the ability to not become upset or discouraged from a, a few setbacks. If I give you an example, there was a nine unit that I purchased in Omaha here. And this is when I was starting a couple of years ago. It was one of the first properties I purchased. And on paper, this thing was going to help me retire. I mean, this thing was amazing. Well, the paper doesn't go very far. And this particular property, and, and I have since learned this particular part of town is pretty notorious for not paying rent. Mm. Well, that's not a good investment. Um, and we lucked out with this cycle, if you will, where we're at, that we were able to sell it and still make money. Now, it didn't end up being what we wanted it to, and it was a headache for a while, but we took that as a learning opportunity, right? I mean, it's not just the pro formas anymore. You need to get down there and you see what's going on. You need to ask other investors. Now, that was really early on in our career, but regardless, I could have chosen that opportunity to say, oh my goodness, no one pays rent. Real estate's a terrible idea. My family was right. Real estate's tough, and I'm not going to do it anymore. But instead, we just try to learn from what you're doing. I mean, how's that any different than any other job, right? You make a mistake, you learn, you fix a way to tweak it and you keep it going. And if there's anything that's undisputed is that real estate is the best way to gather wealth and keep it going. And just because one decision didn't go the way you wanted it to doesn't mean that uh, real estate is somehow a bad investment now. Hmm. It's easy to quit, right? Super easy to quit. Just keep waking up and keep plugging away. That's right. You know, so how do you like to give back? I've been meeting a lot of people offline on just whether we're picking up coffee or answering questions over lunch. I'm now actually partaking in the coaching. I'm actually co coaching students as well. But I've enjoyed speaking with people who are just getting started and just letting them know kind of what I did. Letting them know, look, you don't make mistakes, but here's what you do. Uh, go to these meetups, belong to these private groups or... Uh, when you go to these events, don't just go listen and leave. Go listen. Try to talk to 10 people. Try to talk to five people. Try to get a couple phone numbers. Try to hit them back up in a couple weeks. See how they're doing. The same the reason that we're talking is, is what you can be doing with other people. And I, and I like to see people grow. I've already seen a lot of the first people I spoke with 
just a, a year and a half ago, they're already starting to do deals themselves. They're already starting to meet investors and that's, that's rewarding. So I'd say I like to talk to people. I like to give them the mistakes I made, teach them what I know now so they don't have to learn it themselves. And it's fun to watch them grow. Awesome. Well, thank you for sharing that, Chris. I appreciate your time. And unfortunately, we're out of time yeah. for the interview. But, you know, I just I always think it's interesting hearing about the way, different ways that people structure their mornings and their day and how they've been successful. And I know a lot of the listeners can relate to you and just having, you know, a full time job and trying to make it happen in real estate and probably have a family and kids as well. And a lot of them. And, and so, you know, just appreciate you being transparent and sharing, you know, so much about, you know, your, your morning and thinking that through. So, Thank you again. Uh, tell the listeners though, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. Oh, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. My phone number is 402-740-6995. Email, I have a couple, but I think the easiest is my Gmail. It's cKpomerlu at gmail.com. And that's just my last name. I'm sure that'll probably be in the show notes. I'm okay with that. Find me on LinkedIn and you can come to the real estate meetup uh, every third Wednesday if you want to up in Omaha here. And I'm happy to talk to whomever, email, phone call. I'd, I'd love to chat. Don't go yet. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I would love it if you would go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. I want to hear your feedback. It makes a big difference in getting the podcast out there. You can also go to the Real Estate Syndication Show on Facebook so you can connect with me and we can also receive feedback and your questions there that you want me to answer on the show. Subscribe too so you can get the latest episodes. Lastly, I want to keep you updated. So head over to lifebridgecapital.com and sign up for the newsletter. If you're interested in partnering with me, sign up on the contact us page so you can talk to me directly. Have a blessed day and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.